0: Listening to First Church Charlotte. Today I am preaching uh, from this subject bound and blessed, bound and blessed. Uh, I want to start by pointing out something to you that you probably know, but you may not be thinking about it quite as as you should or at least as often as you should, and that is this: God loves to use prison yards as schoolyards. God loves to turn jail houses into schoolhouses, and so if we follow the life of joseph we 're going to see. This moment where he is truly and literally at the lowest point of his his journey. You will remember he's sold into slavery by his brothers who hate him. God has awakened him, as we've talked recently, to the call of God upon his life. And he is, through a dream, awakened to a destiny. And that's the easy part. He's hated by his brethren. He is sold into slavery, and now he, having arrived in Egypt, finds himself as a slave. That's not the end of the story. You would think that's as low as you can go, but worse than that is to be accused of something you're not guilty of, and then cause to bear the shame of something that you did not do. There is nothing worse uh, other than just your life coming to a complete end. There's nothing worse than you having to bear the mark, the shame, the label, and even the sentence of something that you did not do. One of the most difficult things we do as we see see Joseph here stuck in this prison waiting on what will come of him, waiting to discover what is next for him, Uh, we are reminded, first of all, that after we begin to serve the Lord, one of the most difficult things we have to learn to do is wait on God. Can I have a big amen on that? Amen. One of the most difficult things we can we learn to do as Christians is learn to wait on God. And so we spend most of our life waiting. Most of our life is in anticipation. We wait to graduate. We wait to finish high school. <laughs> we wait to finish college. We wait to be accepted to a career opportunity or even a uh, a degree program at a college. We're waiting to see if we're going to get the loan. We're waiting to see if we're going to meet the right uh, boy or girl. <laughs> we're waiting to see. We are live our life in waiting. And I think it is so appropriate that we are honest about this and serving God, learning to wait on the Lord is one of the biggest challenges that any of us have in our life. Yes. If you look at the Hebrew, particularly in the, the Hebrew in the old, used in the Old Testament as translated as waiting on the Lord, you will discover something that this word has one of the broadest ranges of proper interpretation. You can use it in so many different ways. And it, if you look at the range of interpretation for this word waiting, uh, you see on one end to, and this is a literal interpretation, to whirl about, to whirl about it before the Lord. Uh, so you thought that we were the only ones who whirled about before the Lord. Some of you need to go home and shut all of your, your windows and all of your blinds and practice whirling about so you don't, you know, hurt yourself. But that can be the same word to wait patiently. Uh, what does it mean when you add that kind of a, uh, an image to this idea of waiting on the Lord? The idea is this. I'm not just waiting. I wait in joyful anticipation. I am excited about what God is going to do in my future. Do you see what just happened there? It's not just me saying, oh my goodness, will this day never end. It's about a sense of joyful anticipation that God has such great things for me that it is overwhelming for me to think of what God has in store for me. I am excited. I am filled with anticipation while I wait. On the other end, this is the same word can be used with uh, women expecting. The the same word, uh, they are waiting for the day to come when they are delivered of this child. Only you mothers can know of which I speak. A day comes where you're tired of walking like this, and you want to be delivered of this child. Just so you know, some of us men walk like that every day. <laughs> so it's not just you. It's, it's some of us, we can't stop the waddle. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's, I want you to see the range in this idea of waiting. Hear me today, church. If you're going to be effective, you're going to have to learn how to wait with joyful anticipation for what God is going to do. You're going to have to learn how to wait with a sense of divine becoming. There is something something happening in me that is a miracle. It is of God. I can't explain it, but when He brings it forth in His time, it's going to be to His glory. What are you doing? Oh, I'm waiting on the Lord. Are you hearing me? What are you doing? I'm waiting on the Lord. It's not just us who had to wait on the Lord. The patriarchs had to wait upon the Lord. The priests had to learn Learn how to wait upon the Lord. The kings, the prophets, even the disciples and the uh, founders, the apostles of the early churches, they had to learn how to wait upon the Lord. There is a blessing in waiting on the Lord, and if you'll learn to do it right, a day will come when you will mount up on wings like an eagle. There will be a, an endurance within you. You will run and not grow weary. You shall walk and not fall. Thank, teach me, Lord, how to wait. Amen. Truth be told, most of life is about, in some way or another, waiting in some form or another. Uh, we have the Super Bowl coming up next week, and uh, so I guess it's appropriate that I use an example from football. Uh, oh, watch yourself, now, brother! Watch yourself now. Uh, be speaking false doctrine in my church or anything like that. <laughs> So Super Bowl Sunday's coming up, and uh, uh, let, me, let me remind you of what football is. F- football is uh, three hours of your day. Three, uh, you can play 18 holes of golf in three hours. You could totally reorganize all the closets in your house in three hours. No, but back to football. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you, well, you watch a three-hour football game, you will spend one of that, uh, one whole hour just watching Commercials. You will spend a whole hour watching commercials. You'll spend 75 minutes watching the players stand around doing nothing. You will watch 17 minutes on average of replays. There is only 11 actual minutes of football. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I just said. In the three hours of life you gave away, there's only 17 minutes of actual football that is played. So this is a good metaphor for us. A lot of life is learning how to wait. The action of life is fast. The waiting of life is large and slow. Waiting is God's way of perfecting us. Waiting is God's way of protecting us. Waiting is God's way of preparing us. And finally, waiting is God's way of placing us. I want you to see in the story of of Joseph how the action moves. It's it's his story in chapters number uh, 37. It's all about Joseph. And then he uh, ends up in, in Egypt as a slave. And the story moves away from him. And all of 38 is about his brother Judah. And then it's not till 39 that the story comes back to him and there he goes from being a slave to being a prisoner. It is very important, hear me today, that we learn the right lessons in the prisons of our life. It's very important that we learn the right lessons in the prisons of our life. It is in the prison that we define who we are. You see, once you are given a position, you can do things because you have a title. You can do things because people are watching you. You can do things as a way of justifying your place because others are watching you. But when you're in the prison, you live who you truly are. No one's looking at you in the prison. You live who you truly are In the prison, do you see? You live that in the prison. You self-define in the prison. Now a day will come when you're elevated that you can do it because people are washing you. And so let me say it this way. I want you to think about this. In the prisons of our life, we define who we are. Once we've been elevated, other people define who we are. But God's interested in who you actually are, not in who people think you are. You see, the challenge of serving God is to get the heart right. I told our praise team this morning before the service, you know, the the story of the the king who is given arrows to strike on the ground. The prophet says, strike the ground. The king strikes the ground three times and stops. And the, 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 the prophet is sad because he says, you did not have enough. Uh, strikes. You did not have enough fervency. Every time you struck the ground was a victory over the enemy. And so here's the king saying, you know, I did not know. I, I didn't realize this was a test. And I'm sure he feels tricked. If he would have known, then he could have beat the ground. He'd still be beating the ground with an arrow if he knew. But that's what God does. He reveals the heart. Once you make a formula, you can gain the system. But God won't let you game the system. When you define yourself by striking, you're literally living the fervency I have at God's command. Yes. Because God is always in the business of revealing your heart. You have to be zealous. We can go through a motion. We can follow a formula. Yes, but once we know that, we can game it. But when we do not know, we reveal who we are. Amen. No one's looking at you at the prison. But it's in the prison that we learn the right lessons. If we don't learn the right lessons in prison, when we get out, we will do what we want to do, not what God wants us to do. So the question is, how do you use your God-given freedom? Is it about self-actualization, or is it about promoting the kingdom of God? Those are the lessons that happen in the prisons of our life. I entitled this message today, Bound and Blessed. Because these two things are so opposite to us that we cannot accept the fact that it's possible for us to be blessed in the middle of our struggles. But I want to take issue with that here today. And I want to point out to you that it is possible for you to be blessed even in the struggles of your life. I'm going to read the passage, Genesis 39. Joseph is thrown into prison in verses number 20, Uh, the Bible says, and he was there in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did there, it was his doing. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. That flies in the face of everything we think we know about God. How could I be bound and blessed? How could I be in a struggle and still have God with me? How could I be hurt and still have God's blessing? How could I be sick and still have God's blessing in my life? Hear me today. There are lessons that are taught to us in the process. Prisons of our life that will define who we will be in the work God has for us to do. So let me show you how prisons teach us opposites. They they highlight the pain and the struggle of our walk with God, and they teach us, in many ways, opposites. And what you learn from the limits that are placed upon you, what you learn from the painful days of your life, is going to be directly related to how you respond to the circumstances that are in your life. So watch this. In the prison, Joseph is either going to learn faithfulness, or he's going to learn bitterness. I said he's either going to learn faithfulness or he is going to learn bitterness. He can say, God, I don't know why you're treating me this way. I don't know why I have to go through this. I'm just going to kind of give up and I'm just going to live for myself and do my own thing. But he will have missed what it means to be God's man. If he thought god 's anointing on him was about him getting everything he wanted he misunderstood the call of God upon his life why is he in prison because God has a purpose for him to be there why is there limits in my life because God has a purpose for those limits why are there limits in your life because God has a purpose for those limits don 't learn the wrong lesson from the struggles in your life we decide even in setback. I am going to live this way, not because I'm trying to earn a blessing, but because I am of God. I am God's man. I am God's woman. I am living for him. Joseph can get bitter or he can learn faithfulness. You know what faithfulness is? When nothing works out the way you thought it would, you still do the right. Faithfulness is when every plan you had crashes and burns. And you say, and that's okay. God has it all under control. I am going to serve God. Joseph shows faithfulness in the very moment when most people are learning bitterness. It's a quote I love from... Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., of course, we had our week of national remembering of him and his contribution to American history this past week. Let me, share this. Let me share this quote with you. It's one of my favorite quotes. He has a bunch of amazing ones, but this is one of my favorite. Whatever your life's work is, do it well. A man should do his job so well that the living, the dead, and the unborn could not do it better. If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. I love it. Don't wait until you get the title you think you deserve to be faithful. Don't wait until you get the freedom you think you deserve to be faithful. Don't wait until someone shines a highlight on you. The world sees you in the spotlight, but God sees you in the prison. Faithfulness is not best demonstrated in the spotlight. Faithfulness is best demonstrated in the shadow. God's hand is upon Joseph, and God's blessing is upon Joseph, and God's anointing is upon Joseph. Where? Will we show forth faithfulness? I hope it's not when everything goes good. I hope it's every day of your life you learn faithfulness, not bitterness. The second lesson that Joseph is going to learn here. You learn readiness or you learn resentment you're in a tough time you've been falsely accused you've been falsely imprisoned this moment is the crushing of self and you learn faithful you learn readiness or you learn resentment why do i say readiness because while joseph is there in this This story, taking care of all of the details of his life, waiting to see what God would next do for him, what God would next do through him. He has uh, other people brought into the prison that are of Pharaoh's household, and they are the cupbearer and the baker. I don't know what they did uh, to get the king mad at them. It's possible that they cooked a very bad meal. Who knows? Uh, I've never ate a meal so bad I wanted to throw anybody in prison. Uh, But that said, I've never been Pharaoh, so maybe something like that happened. Who knows? They are locked up. They've fallen out of favor, favor. And they both have troubling dreams in this prison. And so Joseph sees this, and he... He asks around to find out who they are. And then he says to them, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And now notice what Joseph says. Do not interpretations belong to the Lord. Please tell me the dreams. (laughs) Do not interpretations belong to the Lord. Please tell me the dreams. Okay, when you are hurt, it is natural for you to be spiritually selfish. I'm going to say that again in the hopes that next time I'll get this big, beautiful amen that will build my self-esteem up. When you are hurt, it's very natural for you to become spiritually selfish. You come to church and you wonder why no one encourages you. You wonder why no one noticed your fancy shoes. You wonder why pastor Nate walked by or worse pastor Nate forgot your name. And here you are (laughs) and you're looking around and you're hurt and you're lonely. You've been treated bad. Everyone agrees. Joseph has been treated bad. He has been given bad uh, consequences of actions. He did not commit. He is innocent and he has been judged to be guilty. And here he is. If anybody has a reason to be bitter, Who is it? Joseph. If anybody has a reason to have a bad attitude, it's Joseph. But hear me. What he chooses to do is to stand in readiness. Are you hearing me? Can I have your attention? He chooses to stand in readiness. He could have stood in resentment. But he chose to stand in readiness. When you're hurting, it's easy to make church about you. It's easy to make the preaching about you, the singing about you. You're hurting. I need something from God today. Well, in the kingdom, if you need something, give it away and see if you're not redoubled in what you possess. You see, rather than learning resentment, he chooses to stand in readiness. And he says, dreams are of the Lord. (laughs) Tell me your dreams. I'm still God's man. Hmm, doesn't look like I'm doing too good at the moment, but I'm God's man. Do you hear the faith that is in his life? Looks like I've been abandoned, but I'm God's man. Tell me the dream. This is God's business. I have something to say about God's business. Tell me the dream. I I just want to give you an interpretation. I know I've been abandoned. I know I've been lied about. I know I've been locked up, but hear me today. Tell me the dream, and I will share with you an interpretation. This is him looking to be God's man. Rather than resentment, he learns. He learns readiness. And so, what do you do in your prison? They locked John John Bunyan up, and he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. They locked Dietrich Bonhoeffer up and he wrote The Cost of Discipleship. They locked Chuck Colson up and he founded a worldwide prison ministry called Prison Fellowship. What do you do with the prisons in your life? You are not ever going to find yourself where you have need of nothing. There's always going to be limits on you. What do you do with your limits? Tap your neighbor on the shoulder and so say that part was for you. What do you do with your limits? You see, in the prisons of our life, and I'm almost done. In fact, musicians, you can come. In the prisons of our life, we either develop fellowship with God or we develop frustration with God. We either develop fellowship with God or we develop Frustration with God the most unhealthy thing I believe we can do in times and seasons of frustration is to develop the attitude of someone who is owed something by God because that is the open door to resentment How, why why do I have to go through this that's the open door to resentment rather than learning frustration at God we should pursue fellowship with God Joseph is coming out of this prison by God's mighty hand. Joseph is going from the bottom. He's going to the head of the kingdom. Because in the prisons of his life, the prison of his life, the prisons of our life, he learned the right lessons. He learned how to be ready. He learned how to have fellowship. He learned how to be God's man when no one was looking. Coaches often love to say that, that champions aren't discovered under bright lights. Or they aren't made under bright lights. They're discovered under bright lights. Um, they're made in uh, gyms with no one watching. They're made on playing fields with no one one cheering. It's just them day after day, and they're perfecting their craft. They're perfecting their sport day after day after day. They, They become a champion there. And then you put them under bright lights, and the world discovers who the champion is. But they're made in the shadows. So it is with Joseph's life. So it is with every one of you who you want to be used of God. God will not start working on you once you get a title or a place or an honor or elevation. God will start working on you in the shadows of your life. And if you learn the lesson of how to be both bound and blessed, then you will be ready to be elevated into the kingdom of God. I want to be ready. How about you? Let me tell you one last little story. One last little story that is uh, of a, uh, a plant known as Chinese bamboo. And if you plant a seed of, of bamboo, the only thing you'll see for five years, the only thing you'll see is the tiniest shoot, just the tiniest mark of green against the soil in which you've plant, planted it. Five years. And you have to water it every day and you have to feed it every day. And it's just this little leaf. But there's going to be an astonishing change at year number five. And this little plant that has the smallest green little shoot in one one 90-day period is going to go through a transformation that is stunning. And in 90 days, Chinese bamboo will grow up to 90 feet high. So, after five years of seemingly nothing, it will shoot up, up to 90 feet in 90 days. And here's the truth of it it was growing all the time, it was just growing underground. And you couldn't see it. Do you see? It was growing all the time, it was just growing underground. You can't grow a root system in 90 days. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Y'all, y'all, y'all. I'm just going to have to give myself a raise so I won't get mad at you. <laughs> I'm just cutting up, just cutting up. You can't grow a root structure in 90 days. Great works of God seem to happen overnight, but you don't see the root structure. Great revivals can seem like they blow up and something mighty happens. You don't see the root structure. I'm preaching to some of you guys today and you are only judging your value in God's kingdom on the basis of the what you can see above the ground. But while you're only looking there, God is sending the roots of your life deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And deeper, and deeper. Let's all stand. Would you step out of the chair you're standing in right now? Would you begin to make your way down to the front? I feel the presence of the Lord here today. And I want us to receive the lessons that are in the scripture and apply them to our lives. As you come, would you think about what the the points of frustration are for you? The prisons that are in your life. The prisons that are limiting factors in your life. Would you do that right now? Lord Jesus, we all of us want to become the individual you would like us to be. We all of us would like to become the individual that you can use for your kingdom. I know no one else gets frustrated with this, it's just me. Um, but if there's something I'm wanting, some of you guys, you want to see children saved, you want to see breakthroughs in your finances, you want to you want to have the next door of your of your journey as far as career. You're, 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 sometimes you're so frustrated in the context you find yourself and it just is grinding and grinding and grinding. You're like, really? Enough of this already. I I, I want you to know that you're not the only one. I can feel that way too. And so whatever the that, that, that point of maximum, that pressure point that's just driving you crazy. You know what? You guys know I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's driving you crazy. Open your hands and say, God, if I never get this, I'm still your man. and say, I want to be a great singer, and nobody thinks I have it in me, and every time I sing, people quit church, and so I'm hereby saying publicly as way of an example, if I never get to be the big-time singer, I'm still God's man. Amen. Lord Jesus, we commit our lives to your hands." this church to your hands. Lord Jesus, would you anoint us for the call? Would you empower us for the mission? Would you teach us how to wait on the Lord and to renew our strength and patience and faithful acceptance? In Jesus' name we pray. And can the church say A-A-A. amen? One more time, clap your hands and praise to the Lord. Listening to First Church Charlotte. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at FirstChurchCLT.com. If you would like to support our efforts, text GIVE to 704 445. 5353 We pray God's richest blessings to you Come worship with us